large caterpillar looking creatures are eating and just destroying all the vegetation. Before we go any further, I had a little revelation here. It's just like the other episode where they're you know, bringing in that meteorite and they just kind of bail. Very, I would say, cheese-tastic moments <laughs> in this episode where I'm just kind of rolling my eyes. Select the mask agents best suited for this mission. Jason G, DJ, movie writer, 80s guru, vehicle code name, Frontier. Wyatt B, sound engineer, movie writer, airman, vehicle code name, Dakota. Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike Command. Welcome, MassCast listeners, to MassCast number 17, where we'll be talking about episode number 13 of Mask, The Creeping Terror, where Venom unleashes a horde of giant caterpillars to destroy a South American jungle in hopes of finding a lost Mayan temple. But before we get into the episode, let us introduce ourselves. Of course, my name is Jason, and as always, I'm joined by my partner in crime, the Bill to my Ted, Wyatt. How are you? I'm righteous, man. Thanks for asking, dude. Party on, dude. That's right. But I still can't help it when I hear party on. I don't think of Bill and Ted as much as I do Wayne's World. Party on, Wayne. Party on, yes. Garth. Yes, I do. I. Wayne's World is one of my favorites as well. But Bill and Ted, they were they were kind of the first, you know, Wayne's World, I guess. That's true. But anyway, so how are you doing on this Fourth uh, of July? I am doing very well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I think we got a little grilling plans and some fireworks uh, on tap for tonight. But we're looking forward to celebrating the Fourth. Y'all doing anything special? Actually, about the same. Grilling on the on the grill here in about two or three hours, and then we get to watch the fireworks show on the base. So all's good. Sounds like fun. Well, our previous mass cast uh, has done very well. We've had over 90 downloads total between Mixcloud and Buzzsprout um, since we released the, the last one, which was last Friday with the interview with Paul Pamphalone. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in for that and thank Paul once again for coming along for the ride and talking some mask and some growing up in the 80s. That was pretty fun. Oh, yes. It's good, it's good uh, to go down our memory lane. Yes, it is. Yes, it's always good to go down memory lane. And we came up just short of breaking our monthly record for page views on the blog that we set back in May, we came up 26 views short of breaking the record, but we still had over 4,300 views. So, want to thank everybody for keeping the blog on their bookmarked list on their browser, and uh, I'm still hoping we can break that 5,000 barrier maybe this month. That'd be great. So, are you ready to talk about some giant caterpillars? I'm ready to start. 
the mass cast. Well, we open up our episode today with an egg hatching open as the camera pans around and we start seeing several eggs with glowing eyes looking on. Then it snaps to a couple natives uh, carrying their goods down a river on their canoe and they come upon a section of land where they see the forestation has disappeared. What happened? The trees and grass are all gone! Afterwards, we then see the large caterpillar-looking creatures are eating and just destroying all the vegetation. Then they end up coming towards the natives and chasing them into the river while they seem to munch on their canoe. Yes, and it looks like they kind of just attack the food that's on the on the canoe as they jump out of the boat and kind of swim for their lives. Right. Um, then we head back to the natives' uh, village, and we happen upon Scott and T-Bob, who are at the village. Hurry up and take my picture, T-Bob. Hmm. Which camera should I use? Okay, this one. And take a good one. Okay, uh, uh, let me get you in focus. T-Bob is struggling with these three cameras around his neck to take a picture of Scott, and he's fumbling over which one will be right or whatever. And all of a sudden, this little caterpillar comes down off of a, looks like a silkworm or something maybe, off a string in, uh, right in front of the, the photo lens, and T-Bob gets frightened. Right. Another emotion. Another emotion, emotion revealed. Yeah, he, uh, he got really spooked by that. And what was more hilarious is here he is, like, running off like a little kid scared. Yeah. And that's when we finally get to see Matt uh, talking with the woman. We never learned her name, but, uh, of course, he's given a generous grant to this research area at this little village, and then we see Alex walk up, and he kind of reveals that he owns an exotic pet store, which it's kind of nice to actually hear that. We've seen him working with animals before, but we didn't know if it was a lab or what his trade really was. Yeah, and there's a little joke there. Uh, the monkey puts the banana peel on his head, and he says, What am I, a trash can or something? A friendly chap, wouldn't you say? You two seem to be getting along quite well. I should hope so. Back in the States, I own an exotic pet store. Hey, stop that. My head is not a trash can. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the two natives that had been attacked by these caterpillars they come running up to them and great danger great danger and uh, Matt and Alex decide to go check it out with of course Scott and T-Bob staying behind rejected yet again <laughs> they're uh, always rejected aren't they <laughs> yes uh, so they stay behind Matt and uh, now before we go any further I had a little revelation here and 
just kind of looking back, you know, this is the episode 13 now, and the episodes where it's kind of uh, a coincidence that Mask or Matt and, you know, whoever is on the scene of this, you know, kind of conflict or whatever, it seems like those ones I've been rating quite a bit lower than I have where, you know, something happens and then Mask kind of goes to that location and, you know, helps them out. Right. Uh, I don't know. What do you feel about that? Have, have you noticed that, you know, where it's kind of a more of a coincidence that Mask is there where maybe Venom is or where, you know, something is going on? Right. I noticed it is, a, it is a coincidence. And um, we, uh, I don't know. I, I guess it's just part of the cartoon. You know, it's just coincidence that it's written in that they happen to be where Venom is or vice versa. Uh, but I guess in a matter of about 22, 23 minutes, uh, they can't exactly just uh, say they're at, you know, Cambodia when Venom's over in Egypt or vice versa, and then they come to the rescue there. They just kind of have to make it a coincidence. But, yeah, it is a little annoying as you think about it now. Uh, in our adult years, you look at it, but when you're a kid, you're thinking... Oh, who cares? You just want to see the vehicles fly and shooting and the mask working and all that. Hmm. Right. And I've, that's basically what I was getting at is now that we're going through these one by one later in life and rating them, it's, it seems those episodes I've been rating a little lower, but so anyway, uh, back to the story, uh, Matt and Alex, they head out to where these natives have said there's danger they stumble across one of these, uh, I don't know if it's the same area or another area where it's kind of barren and the vegetation is gone, but they see the eggs, and then uh, Alex, he grabs a piece of the egg, and he pulls out his laptop, which is tied in, I guess, to the mass computer, and he puts it in to scan it and to see basically the makeup of this egg. <laughs> Scan indicates member of Lepidoptera insect family in larval stage. Examination reveals eggs have been genetically altered. Genetically altered caterpillar eggs? That doesn't make sense. Great Scott! Looks like you need a bigger cage. The monkey, who's still on Alex's shoulder, he starts squealing. They look up and they see the caterpillars and they're kind of taken back for the minute and then Alex realized that they weren't attacking the people they were attacking the food based on them munching on these trees and stuff that are around the area right and uh, it was kind of well it's actually kind of comical to see Matt trying to make light of it you know saying Alex I think you're going to need a bigger cage here <laughs> and, uh, yeah and I couldn't you know be amiss by seeing uh, any similarities here with the uh, uh, another favorite show of mine, that being Knight Rider. You know, I see the when Alex pulls out that that little portable laptop, I see him analyzing. I just think of Kit having that little portable uh, analyzer machine come out from underneath the dashboard. And uh, but in any event, we now see Alex noticing like a sort of war going on. And as they head towards to investigate, all of a sudden they see laser fire coming. So they try to take cover of all places behind these eggshells, but uh, I guess you got to use what you got. But uh, in any event, we notice old Rax 
racing towards them, just really scaring them away. He's really not shooting to kill. He's shooting just to chew them away. Racks. I don't know who you are, but don't come back. I really thought it was comical where we see the monkey shoot up the tree and end up raining down these coconuts onto old Rax. Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny that Matt and Alex recognized that it was Rax, but Rax didn't recognize it was Matt and Alex. Right. And he stops there, and of course that monkey, yeah, he just pummels them with the, with the coconuts on the head, which I'm sure would not feel good. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> I, I think he'd be hurt in the next couple of days. Yeah, so seeing that Venom is on the scene, uh, Matt and Alex head back to camp, and Matt immediately calls up the mask agents, and he he does that using that same laptop. Priority one emergency. Select the best mask agents for this mission. Selection complete. Recommended personnel, Otto McLean, weapons specialist and field strategist, vehicle code name, Firecracker. Brad Turner. Expert motorcycle and helicopter pilot. Vehicle code name, Condor. Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike Command. This, I don't know, this one kind of, I guess, irked me that uh, it was really quick. I mean, we get Hondo and Brad only. We, we don't get any, you know, the traditional calling with the watch and, you know, wherever they're at, they come running to Boulder Hill. So we don't get any of those traditional kind of call-ups we don't get it boulder hill we don't get any strategy at boulder hill you know before they come overseas to wherever you know matt and alex usually are or matt usually is and there's no mask room you know where they the masks come down they energize but we do get the the transport plane and we get more of a scene where there it's some kind of airfield or something and the, the transport plane is taking off and up into the air. So I wish we would have had a little more connection there, you know, between the call-up and the transport scene and all that. We still haven't got the full scope, which I think they should be doing now. Right, I agree. But it was nice. Um, I didn't think too much about the, the short call-up. Again, I, I just, because of the time that they had so much written into the show, that they probably annexed it. But uh, in any event, it was still nice to see that scene that we actually get to see the plane take off and get ready to transport, you know, overseas. Of course, we don't see it land and all that, but um, we do end up seeing that they're now investigating a scene in this place, this uh, rural area. But we also cut away to those two famous stowaways sitting in the back of firecracker with a bag of coconuts. And, uh, of course, Scott's saying it's in case they need to eat something, but T-Bob, of course, has to joke and saying he doesn't need to eat, he just needs an oil change. That was kind of a roll-my-eyes moment because right. we've seen that before. I believe it was in episode one when they hit in the back of firecracker with the sheet over them, you know, and uh, that was where I think Hondo protects... Uh, Scott and T-Bob from some rubble or something falling, and he gets hurt. I think that was in. I think that was the very first episode. But so yeah, I mean, you know, it was kind of one of those moments where I was like, eh, "This has been done before." 
So once we see that Scott and T-Bob is in the back of Firecracker, Switchblade shows up, and the mass team notices it, and they load up in their vehicles real quick. We've got to get them away from there before they discover the map. It's Venom, quick! To your vehicle! Hondo sees Scott and T-Bob. They've kind of come around the side of the door, and they're like, hello, we're here, you know. Right. <laughs> and, uh, there's a pretty good transformation scene with Condor right there. I've never seen that animation before when Condor converts from motorcycle to helicopter mode. Right, that was good. But did you also notice uh, when Matt calls, gets out to get everybody in the vehicles, did you see the seatbelt automatically lower and fasten itself as the mask is being dropped on him? Yeah, in, in Thunderhawk. Yeah, that I did notice that. That was pretty neat. cool. Um, but Condor, he has this battle with Piranha. Jackhammer shows up, and he starts firing at Firecracker. And then uh, Alex chimes in that he's going to help uh, Hondo as they are kind of passing. That He's going to use this missile, this weather missile. He shoots it up from Rhino to make it rain. I'll change the weather, Hondo. From the rain, this kind of large mud puddle appears, and Hondo zips around. He uses the freeze cannons to turn the mud puddle into ice, and then we have Piranha going out of control, and Rax gets thrown into the bushes. And that was actually a good scene. I uh, I know it's a little far-fetched, but I, I like seeing the capability, uh, another capability of Rhino being able to induce uh, any kind of weather, at least rain, had to have been a heavy downpour, just a, like a, a enough of a stream or a puddle there for Firecracker to kind of just make a big, huge ice skating rink there. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't mind so much the the capabilities and the the weapons. You know, the, a weather missile is kind of cool, but the timing is what kind of threw me off there and kind of had me rolling my eyes again. There was a jackhammer was like right on the back of Firecracker, but they had time to shoot this missile up. Let it rain, you know, enough to get this puddle and then shoot the freeze cannons for him to, you know, do something. Just the whole, it was, it happened too quickly. Right. Instead of, you know, doing that and maybe setting up a trap or something. But, I don't know. I just didn't like the timing there. But the the capability was pretty cool. We've kind of seen that before in the the episode where they land that jet from the... uh, the big splash from the water and they freeze it. That's right. And the jet lands on that. So it was kind of like that, but um, like I said, I didn't mind. I didn't mind the capabilities, just the timing. But uh, in this event, we see old Dagger, you know, kind of wanting to fire back by using Torch to melt the ice. Just wait. I'll get you for this. Torch on. then old uh, Hondo, you know, he has to chime in and say, looks like Dagger needs a dose of my hypno headlights. And, of course, it ends up making Dagger kind of pass out at the wheel, and he ends up driving into and getting stuck somehow into the the cracked eggshells, which I thought was kind of corny, but, you know. Very. (laughs) It was a cartoon. But, um, 
And then all of a sudden we start seeing Vanessa just circling around, uh, not doing anything. She's not even in the battle whatsoever. And Matt, of course, is very curious and begins to head up to see what's happening. We see closer of Manta that she's taking video camera or taking pictures of the area. And then Miles, you know, hey, you got someone on your tail. Vanessa asks Miles to cover her. Vanessa, you've got company. Just one more shot. Cover me. Finish it up. I'll handle him. So Miles ends up just chasing away Matt. And then Vanessa takes the final pictures that she needs. And he says, okay, Venom, mission's done. Let's go. And they all just head on out. I thought that was kind of abrupt. I thought, you know, Venom would be sitting there just trying to win the battle or whatever. But it's just like the other episode where they're you know, bringing in that meteorite and they just kind of bail. Yeah, um, I didn't buy too much into that. I mean, they obviously had a plan going and once they got the pictures, they were out of there. But as they're leaving, then we see these three caterpillars are attacking firecracker moving it all around and they're being shaken inside of the cab and this is where we cut to the commercial break at the halfway point of the episode so then after the break matt shows up and he somehow hears scott and t-bob in there arguing about the coconuts and figures out that the caterpillars are after the coconuts not them like they had been before uh with the the two natives that they attacked so they hurry up and they toss the uh, they toss the coconuts out of Firecracker and the caterpillars are catching them in their mouths and once they're I guess done they just up and leave you know I don't know how the caterpillars knew they were out or whatever they didn't just you know keep after them but so they leave and Matt heads back to the sky to investigate what Vanessa was doing up there and he looks down he notices the the walls and he. He takes a picture of that and notice it's like a map. And Matt reveals that Venom uh, knew about the map, and they used the caterpillars to clear away the jungle so they could see this map. Somehow he knew about this and was using the caterpillars to clear away the jungle. It all makes sense now. Computer, decipher and analyze map, please. Pictograph map was constructed by the ancient Malacca civilization several thousand years ago. In some ways, the Malaccas were further advanced scientifically than we are. Pictograph apparently points the direction to the location of an undetermined source of great power. That's what Venom wanted. Computer, interface object of map. Give us coordinates of the location of this power source. I don't know what kind of power it has, but we'd better get there before Venom. We'll talk about this a little bit you know, more when we get into our uh, ratings and stuff, but... It just seemed like the caterpillars were, you know, why not just burn down the <laughs> the vegetation or whatever? Why did you need the caterpillars to clear away the jungle there? Right. Uh, I didn't think too much into it. You know, it's always, um, well, it's a cartoon and sci-fi, so it's always far-fetched anyway. I didn't think much more of it. I just thought, you know, Venom's just being crafty in their own way. And uh, to them, I guess that was the best uh, most efficient way to get to that map was just to have some uh, oversized rabbits <laughs> or caterpillars, really, to just you know mow down the whole 
forest just so they could eat or see that map. But that's when we discover that Ven- or we go back to Venom, and they're at a waterfall, and they need to go behind it to find this power source. So Miles has Dagger drive through it to see what's there, to see if there's any obstacles. Uh, Dagger basically says it's all clear. And they all go in and uh, end up finding like several rooms or caverns. Then Miles pulls out this crystal that he just happens to have picked up at some pawn shop or wherever, and it begins to glow. And then we start seeing a room beginning to glow. What's that? I stole this from an antique dealer in the Orient who didn't know what it was. What's written on it? Its inscription told me the map was carved on the jungle floor. Once that ancient power source is in our hands, nothing can stop us. It's that room. The power source is in there. So they make the connection and they walk through and when they see this giant crystal, I I really thought it was impressive that even Rax is now impressed with the size of this crystal because he was like, oh, wow. It it wasn't even the typical, oh, wow. (laughs) Crystal. Sure beats the rings I've seen. Yeah, they were all kind of taken back by the the majesty of this, you know, huge crystal in front of them. So after they uh, insert this and it starts emitting the the energy, we see the the caterpillars creeping kind of closer to the cave, and we cut back to Mask, who had analyzed the map in Rhino to this source of power and they've followed them and they're now at the waterfall and they enter in uh, Venom realizes they can't control this power source and Rax he chimes in again he thinks it's a bomb basically mm, I don't think I like this yeah me neither sounds to me like we just armed a bomb I'll fix that ah! it's jammed and it's extremely hot I'm getting out of here all right, let's go and check things out. So they hurry up and get out of the room. Uh, Mask shows up kind of to meet them, and Matt asks Alex to scan this high-pitched noise that he hears all of a sudden. Uh, he determines it's like this large mass of power ready to explode. Um, they go inside the cave with Scott and T-Bob. Um, I guess you wouldn't want to leave them in the <laughs> in the truck. Right, uh, but Matt tries to use Spectrum, and has no effect at all on this crystal. Right? Did you notice how he stands, though? I did. You know, he has his arms crossed. He's like, "I'll take care of yeah, this." Yeah, I did notice that. Kind of from that overhead shot, he's just kind of standing there. Hmm, this ought to be easy. Right. Then Venom, you know, kind of comes back and caves him in. Hondo tries to use Blaster at the crystal. And it doesn't work. And, of course, this is where Matt kind of, to me, he kind of totes Spectrum's ability. He says, if Spectrum can't get through, none else, nothing else is going to work. The, the crystal's going to blow up. What are you going to do, Dad? Matt, I'll use my blaster. Blaster, on. Hondo, it's no use. If Spectrum doesn't work, that means all of the other weapons are useless. There's still Hocus Pocus. 
So I, I kind of thought that was a little hokey, but you know, that's Matt. You know, he thinks Thunderhawk's the Thunderhawk is the bomb. He thinks Spectrum's the bomb type of thing. <laughs> um, but then Brad's like, "Oh, we didn't try Hocus Pocus mask," and he ends up uh, luring the two big caterpillars to the crystal by using a hologram uh, coconut, which is really kind of hokey, but neat at the same time. We get to see the hologram actually working its way to use, uh, to lure these huge caterpillars. He puts the image on the crystal and these caterpillars end up munching down on this caterpillar and this crystal. And, you know, it's done. It, the whole, they've saved the world, saved themselves. And we see them sneezing little tiny crystals back out, like throwing them up, or I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, I think they were more or less throwing them back up, and they (laughs) had a nice chuckle about that. And then, you know, they they build up this, oh, you know, mask is trapped in here, and the bomb's going to go off, and, oh, they just realize, well, they just need to get all their vehicles together and just concentrate one big laser beam on these rocks that have caved in, and they can get through, they can blast their way out, so, I don't know, that kind of (laughs) ruined the sense of you know, being trapped in there, right? the caterpillars, they start glowing on the walls, the ones that had been, I guess, kind of sleeping or whatever on their way in. And Alex says, oh, they're just going into their cocoon stage, and they'll sleep for centuries. And, you know, that pretty much ends any threat that they, <laughs> that they had with them. Right, at least they don't have to face that threat, at least for a few hundred years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then T-Bob, his last little... The last little part of the episode is uh, T-Bob wants to join them and have a nice long sleep, too. They all have their last laugh and heads right into the PSA. Right, and it you know it doesn't have anything to do with the episode, but I thought it was kind of coarse because right away you see T-Bob sitting on handlebars of uh, Scott's bike as he's pedaling it around, and T-Bob, of course, is asking if it's safe. Scott reassures him that it is. He's done it before. But then Matt catches him doing this, and that, you know they're falling into their flower bed. He kind of scolds them. Don't you two ever do that again. A bike is made for one passenger only. You could have gotten hurt. I sure feel like a blooming idiot. <laughs> he was really strict oh, yeah. about it. You know, it wasn't a casual, yeah, he was. hey, you shouldn't be doing this. It was, hey, you. So I... Uh, and T-Bob says, oh, I'm just a blooming idiot. Right. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it was a good PSA, good about safety. I guess that era I remember growing up, and I would have been probably scolded at least like that. Yeah, had I done the same something similar. So uh, after all this episode, what did you end up rating it? <sighs> Deep breath. Um, I've uh, and I'm just gonna premise by saying I like Mask, and I probably will never give an episode a one. Because I'd like it so much, but this is probably the the most critical I've been so far. I'm gonna give it a two. Uh, very, I would say, cheese tastic moments <laughs> in this episode where I'm just kind of rolling my eyes. And you know, there's there were some good things I got out of it. You know, the like we said before, the transport plane uh, takeoff scene that was good. The new animation there with Condor, um, I really liked that, but. Kind of like I said before, the call-up, just, you know, the, the thing with Mask and the 
the thing that you came back for each episode was getting those masks in the in the mask room, the call up. You know, that kind of made episode to episode what you kind of tuned in for, and they kind of eliminated that in this episode. Um, you know, like I said before, it was kind of a coincidental type of episode. All oh, they just happened to be here, you know, checking after this hospital that Matt helped fund and, you know, stuff was going down. Um, they used Scott and T-Bob kind of in the same way in that previous episode. I didn't like that rain and ice trick. You know, the, the timing of that was kind of off. Um, but I did like the weapons there. You know, there was no real explanation on how... Venom really controlled these caterpillars or woke them up to clear the jungle either. I would have liked to have something in the beginning to, you know, to kind of get that going, but I felt the caterpillars were kind of used more like a novelty, I guess you would say. You remember you remember the episode with the dinosaur right. dinosauroids or whatever you call? Right. Um, this had, a, I think, a lot of similarities to how they used the dinosaurs in there, but at least they were, were looking after these dinosaurs for a reason they wanted their antibodies or whatever but you know these were just kind of a novelty that these see these huge caterpillars for kind of shock effect and they were there just to eat some trees (laughs) (laughs) but uh you know a couple other things venom really had no plan to harness the energy from the crystal which you know kind of was like well you're going to do all this stuff to get here to find this thing, and they don't have a plan. Um, and they just find out it's well, it's just a big bomb. We'll try to eliminate Mask with it. The 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 trap, the kind of false trapping there at the end, where they just kind of blast their way at the end. That was gave me kind of a false sense of drama. You know, that was kind of kind of what I was seeing. It really wasn't. A, they didn't really cap it off very well. I was just kind of oh, the caterpillars are going back to sleep. That's it. <laughs> yeah, really. Anyway, so I was I gave it a two. You know, people can talk to me about that on in the comments, <laughs> but what did you give it? Well, since we changed our poll program, I can't change my rating. Um I was in a rush to look it over and in doing so I thought it was a decent episode, but as I as we've gone through and talked it over, um I'm being a lot more critical about it. I originally voted it as a five, and right now I'm the only one that's voted the episode as a five on the poll. But if I could change it, I would have to come down to a three. Um, Just like you said, there's a lot of stuff that just didn't jive. Uh, I didn't think too much about the the mask room, getting the the masks and uh, and all that, the situation room. I really didn't think too much of that. Uh, I know it's become a big staple in the episodes to look forward to, but I didn't I didn't give it that much of a thought to it. But like you, I would have liked to known what where these caterpillars came from, uh, how they genetically altered them, even if it was a, a thirty second information. You know, these caterpillars they they'll grow up and and munch down this wood so I can get to this map. That would have sufficed, but. There's nothing. And at the end, we don't know what they're going to do. Oh, yeah, they're going to be asleep for 200, 300, whatever years, but okay, then what? We'll deal with them then. <laughs> right. Um, the whole big power source crystal, I guess I was reading into it. I was hoping that it'd be some 
big thing like uh, kind of the old Transformers, you know, he'd be trying to suck out the power somehow, trucking it away or something. But And in the end, we find out it's just a big, huge bomb. And then, like you said, you know, uh, that whole drama to stop this bomb for this crystal from exploding. And all they would have had to do is take that same amount of time that they wasted on the masks and luring those caterpillars, just shoot a few lasers for about two seconds. They could have blasted out and gotten away safe. Yeah, I was a lot more critical than I have been in the past. It was just, just didn't sit right. And then, you know, the one little thing that at least made it a 5 to a 4 was I noticed that Vanessa was on the right-hand side when she was flying Manta. So they, oh, really? Yeah, I didn't even notice they, that. They flipped that around. So, But, yeah, I, I'm i sorry if, uh, again, if you... Uh, Feel the need to comment, please. Feel the you know comment to both Jason and I. We'll we'll reply back. Uh, you know. Well, I think they're on our side. Yeah, I see. Uh, you, current if ratings. You look at the poll. Right, current uh, ratings. If you uh, don't take mine into effect, we uh, have three fours and seven threes right now. And I didn't obviously haven't got my two in there. <laughs> yeah, you didn't vote. Yet. And if I could change, it'd be eight threes and one two. On the poll. So yeah, I think they're they're kind of on our side that this wasn't one of the best episodes, and I don't think we're going to get too much uh, blowback from anything we've said so far. But did you see any tie-ins to the our script? Because I got nothing. <laughs> you know, I I was pulling grasping at straws for this one. The only thing I got really was uh, Alex working with animals. Uh, we kept that. In the movie, we, we kind of tied it in uh, in a roundabout way that he works with animals. We didn't say that he owned a pet store by any means, but uh, that's really the only tie-in I could find. Yeah, I didn't get anything, but um, let's read our comments real quick. We had uh, two comments, uh, one real quick one from uh, our buddy Raggletag, who is, uh, his name's Tony. He said, those were some funny-looking coconuts. And I, they were, you know, not the typical brown style coconuts that we see, but, you know, I guess coconuts come in different shapes and sizes. I guess so. Uh, and then Anna, our buddy, she chimed in. She says, uh, this is not a very good episode. It's too much about giant caterpillars and too little about the ancient map, the hidden valley, and the giant crystal. When mayhem flies closely over masks, when they aren't wearing their masks, it's also a little strange that he doesn't notice their faces. But as always, I like the Vanessa scenes. That's an inter- interesting point because we haven't, you know, at least up until this point, we haven't uh, been made aware that Mayhem knows their true identity. True, that is true. But so that'll about do it for Mass Cast number 17. We uh, we appreciate everybody joining us. We invite you to come back for. The next episode, episode number 14 of the Mass Cartoon, which is called Assault on Liberty. And this is where Venom steals the Statue of Liberty during a magic show and holds it for ransom. I remember this one. This one, I believe, is a pretty good episode. Right. If I remember right, too, it's too bad they didn't hire uh, David Copperfield for this one. <laughs> right. <laughs> that wraps it up for another edition of Mass Cast. On behalf of Jason, I'm Wyatt. Thanks for joining MassCast.